Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Good morning, podcast listeners, who I mistakenly described as podcasters yesterday, which you may or may not also be. And also following on from yesterday, which was all about worry and letting go of worry, what often naturally falls out of that or follows on from it is the concern with other people, what other people think. Because it seems that for the majority of the time, it's one of the core reasons we find it so hard to let go of worries. Because most of the time it's unconscious, sometimes it's conscious, but it's often wrapped up with something that happened in the past or something we think will or won't happen that relates to somebody else. We'll somehow lose approval of something or somebody important. And that person may not even be here anymore. You know, I discovered I was under the influence of my father, who's been dead for 20, more than 20 years. So it doesn't end, just when someone's not there, we often adopt, and I talk about internalizing, behaviors as if they're our own. And someone asked me the question the other day about how can you tell the difference between, am I doing something just to avoid doing the thing I really want to do? How do I know? Or or is this something that I should be doing? And the answer is connected to this people pleasing because the answer comes from how you feel inside. Uh, there's a, if you look closely enough, if you're doing something that is for you, it just kind of feels light, feels easy. It's not too much effort. You don't mind doing it. In fact, you probably quite want to do it. If it's being driven by something outside of you, like it's a distraction because you're avoiding something or it's not something that's really yours, even if it's hidden, there will be a little sense of something I can only describe as ickiness. Doesn't quite fit, doesn't quite feel right. So pleasing people, people pleasing is a big concern. And you might think, well, hang on a minute, people pleasing surely is a good thing. To care about what other people think means you have empathy, you have compassion, you have consideration, you have a conscience, all of which are positive attributes. But somewhere along the line, we've kind of got them confused with, I have to do things for other people because other people want me to do them or because I believe someone will judge me in a certain way if I don't do them, that somehow we tie that up with empathy and altruism and caring. 
when nine times out of ten it doesn't make a blind bit of difference and it doesn't necessarily please the person you thought you were doing it for. And it may not even have been their intention. It's your interpretation of their intention. And that's really at the core of this, is interpretation. Fundamentally, you can only do what feels right for you. You can do your best to avoid causing distress, hurt to other people, but ultimately, we're all responsible for our own emotions and feelings. However much we like to project and blame other people, to make other people responsible for how bad we feel or how good we feel. And if you know people in your life that do that, you probably do. Sometimes they're family, sometimes they're friends, and sometimes they're bosses or colleagues. People that somehow make you responsible for whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether the project goes well or the project doesn't go well, whether they're happy and elated or depressed and miserable. Somehow it's down to you. And as I say, sometimes we're aware that that comes from somebody outside of us and sometimes we've got so used to doing it, we think that's just who we are. But if it feels remotely uncomfortable, it probably isn't you at all. And that's the thing that is kind of attached to that worry that I talked about yesterday, the, you know, the worries that cluster around the door and keep you from that beautiful room on the other side, which is you. Happy, safe, glorious, I'm making it sound like a Nirvana. It kind of is a Nirvana. You are a Nirvana. But those people-pleasing habits attach themselves to worry, or rather worry attaches it to the people-pleasing habits. And it's hard to separate the two. And so my suggestion yesterday that you realise that worrying never, ever, ever enabled you to achieve anything, ever. If you've got an exception to that, let me know. I, I just don't believe it ever does. I think it just keeps you in a state of worry, keeps you from what you want to be feeling, what you want to be doing, and it holds you there in stasis and um, in perpetuity. That's the lovely phrase I'm looking for, in perpetuity. And so if we can detach that whole people-pleasing thing and risk thinking, oh my goodness, what if I do this? What will they say? What will they think? What will happen? Will the world explode? No, it won't. Now, I can't say with absolute 100% certainty, because nothing is 100% certain, that that would never, ever, 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 ever be the case. However, in my experience, when people have taken the chance, people who have always been people-pleasing their entire life, they just do things to try to make other people happy and end up being unhappy. When they make a change, when they start to turn a little corner, going round the bend, not round the bend madly, but round the corner bend, and begin to open up little chinks of light that show them that that door exists, that they could walk through. And and I sometimes say to people, what would you like to be able to say? I know you know, or rather, I know you think you know how this situation will play out. What will happen? What will be said? how you'll be judged, what will happen as a consequence of how you're judged. You've written the whole story, 98 volumes. And I said, just pause for a second. Just imagine 
that you said or did what you wanted to do instead of what you think you should say or do. Just, just, just bear with me for a second. Just think about that. What would you say or do if you were wrong about that entire story that you write? And if you can get to that point and actually express what it is you would say or do, even though there's the big part of you is going, yeah, but that wouldn't happen because I know what they'd do. I know what would happen. This would happen. That would happen. The other would happen. 99 volumes later, when everyone's fallen asleep with your story, including you. But it's a story you keep repeating. So you may as well take a chance. Could be right, could be wrong. What's the worst that could happen? That your story will be absolutely true. And actually, even if your story is absolutely true and you get right to the end of it, what is the worst thing that happens? You often don't even get that far. You get to volume 99, but the answer is in volume 100. So when I've worked with people and they've done this and they've trusted themselves enough to actually say, well, you know, I say, well, just, just bear with me. What would you say? What would you like to say? Not what would you say? What would you like to be able to say? And they come up with something. I'd like to be able to say this, or I'd like to be able to do that. I'd like to be able to say, I work really hard and I do my best and I feel like I'm really not appreciated. For example, just for example. And then they go away and they are architects of their own destiny. You know, I don't, don't follow them around checking up on whether they've said or done anything. I'm, as I've said in previous episodes, just a question maker. Just ask a question. What might you do? What might you say? What would you like to say? And then I discover that when they plant that little seed for themselves and then they follow up and they go, oh, something happens that makes them act on it for once. I think they get to a point where they go, for goodness sake, I've had enough of this. I do all these things for you. I do everything you want and you're never happy. You may know a situation like that. So they take a chance. They think, oh, for goodness sake, how could this be worse? And they expect a reaction. They Remember, they've written the story many times before. They know what's going to happen, but they go, Ugh. do you know what? Just this once, I, um, I don't care. Hmm? Don't care. And in my experience, every single time that's happened, the outcome and the response has been completely different to what they expected. The person or persons who they thought were going to do or say something that they've always done or said whenever they did things that they thought pleased them, suddenly does or say something really different. Out of the blue, unexpected. And in a good way. And so, Often, I've seen people actually, I can think of someone in the past, a very long time ago, and there's no way you'd ever make the connection, you won't know who it is, came to me about levels of anxiety and, and, you know, constantly feeling worried about life. That was what she wanted help with, was was anxiety. What she ended up doing, so through the course of our conversation, it was clear She felt unhappy in her marriage. That's not why she came, but she felt unhappy. She felt taken for granted. She felt like she was trying to do everything and nothing was enough. And they were in business together and it was all very complicated. And all the employees kind of followed his lead and treated her in exactly the same way. She tried to please everybody there and she was just wearing herself out and 
spreading herself too thin. And all I was doing was helping her with anxiety. That's all she was asking for help with. But we had that conversation. I said, well, what would you like to say instead? What would you do instead? And a little time went by and I saw her again. And she'd, as I said, she'd gone, oh, do you know what? Hands in the air. (sighs) Give up. And she'd done something that she wouldn't normally do. Well, it was a complete surprise to her and possibly a bigger surprise to me. It kind of rekindled her marriage. They started dating again. It was as if she'd woken from this dream and instead of trying to be something she thought was required, she became who she was and then discovered that actually this was who the person fell in love with. This is who they wanted to be with. This is who they wanted to date. This is who they really wanted. So try it. What have you got to lose? Think about where you're people pleasing most. Think about worst case scenario, what have you got to lose? Think about what would you say or do if you wanted to say something or do something, even if you don't think you ever will. Just entertain the thought. Just humour me, my little podcast. And maybe you'll take action on it, maybe you won't. But releasing people-pleasing is a core part of letting go of all that worry. Honestly, when you can start genuinely, people talk about put yourself first, you know, oxygen mask on you, that it's all the same thing. But I hope that by bringing this to your attention, maybe in a weird and convoluted way, maybe a slightly different way, or maybe in exactly the way you've always heard it before, but maybe hearing it again suddenly lands a bit differently. Maybe it gives you the opportunity to realise that you're holding on to all this worry that's associated with people-pleasing, and what if, what if you actually let go of some of that just from a day, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever, just to see what happens. You can always go back to the people-pleasing. No one's going to stop you. So here endeth the whatever it is lesson. I can't help but be a bit preachy sometimes. It's kind of in my nature. I used to be known as bossy. And yet, the last thing I really want to do is to tell you what to do because you decide what you do. You choose the life you want. I'm simply here to help you let go of things that aren't helping you. Maybe try some things that will. And no one, apart from you, would be happier to hear of your transformation than me. I just love a transformation story. And I wish I'd always written down the times people come up to me, and I haven't seen them for years and years and years and years, and sometimes I don't even recognise them. And they say, oh, you told me that. I, I did this because you said that. And sometimes it's a bit scary because you think, oh, what have I said? What have I said? But thankfully, touch wood, it's usually for the good. And for anything that's not for the good, I apologise profusely. I'm learning the error of my ways. So I hope this has proved helpful or entertaining or whatever. If you feel driven to, leave me a message. Let me know where you're people pleasing. Let me know where you might be thinking of letting go of that just for a little bit. What you might like to say or do instead. And what kind of 
results occur because of that. Okay, speak to you in the next episode.